0: Welcome to the Fresh Start Church Podcast, where we exist to influence a nation with revival. Here you'll find preached messages from our pastors. We pray that the spirit of revival is imparted to you as you listen. To watch live, check us out on YouTube or visit our website at freshstartaz.com. And to stay connected with us, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. I know it's Mother's Day, but I feel like something of substances happening over our nation on this mother's day prophetically i decree that something is being born something is being delivered that has never been on this planet before it's happening all over our nation it's happening all over this globe. Mm. Let, it so, Let it be so, Lord. Let it be so, Lord. Let it be so, Lord. Let it be loosed. Let it be loosed. Hallelujah. Open your Bibles to Luke chapter 13 and just remain standing while we read the word today. I want to speak into the atmosphere as Pastor Kim has been exhorting us this morning and I want to say, be loosed, Azar, be loosed. I'm going to be speaking to and on behalf of the women of God today. And I was thinking about something that evangelist Tony Suarez says last week that Rob Parsley taught him. And that is when you, when you speak to something, you speak through something. In other words, the point is, is when you speak a word to someone specifically, and I have a specific word for the women of God today. When you speak a word to someone, it goes through them if you have the faith to lay hold of it. Point being today, I'm going to speak specifically to the women, but men of God, you can receive today. But I'm getting ready to say it can go to and then through. You, to you, yes. Luke chapter 13. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. Who? Jesus. And behold, there was a woman. There was a woman who had the spirit of infirmity or weakness 18 years and was bent over and could no wise raise herself or straighten or strengthen herself. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him. And he said to her, Woman, you are loose from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her and immediately or suddenly She was made straight. She was strengthened and glorified God. Go all the way back to Genesis chapter 2. Verse 18, then the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. The word helper here in the Hebrew is azer. Azer. I will make him an azer. And out of the ground the Lord formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air. And he brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was his name. And so Adam gave the names to all the cattle, to all the birds in the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was no, or there was not found an Azar comparable to him. Lord, Speak. Speak, O oh Lord. Let revelation come. Push me beyond even what I know. Let us hear your heart today. And the church shouted. Amen. No, I said the church shouted. Amen. Hallelujah. You can be seated this morning. Go ahead and give the Lord a praise. Thank you so much. Hallelujah. Be loose, Azer. Azer is a fascinating Hebrew word. It's mentioned 21 times in the Old Testament. It's mentioned two times when God was referring to women. The two verses I just read to you out of Genesis chapter 2. 16 times it is used to describe God Himself. The other times it is used to describe warrior bands that came to help Israel in the time of battle. Azar. The word itself literally means power and strength, it is used to describe the strength of God in battle. It is used to describe God's ability to protect us. It is used to describe God's persistence in warring until the victory is won. That's why God never lost anything, He always wars until the victory is won. So, Azar is a warrior a warrior who always is fighting for what's right. So what's intriguing about this text in Genesis chapter 2 is it's showing us that after Adam had named all the animals, and the reason for this situation apparently is because God looked at Adam and realized in his isolation it was not good. Everything else was good, but this wasn't good. So God made him a helper, a helpmate. But unfortunately, this scripture has been misunderstood many, many times because when we look at the phrase that God made man a helpmate or God made man a helper, we think it's somebody to get our coffee, make our breakfast, clean our underwear, make our bed. But when it says God made woman a helper, it mean he made her a warrior. God literally placed in woman power and strength fully equal to man's power and strength you got a problem with that, then you're totally something twisted in your brain. If you think God has a Holy Ghost for women, and then he has a Holy Ghost for men. Last time I checked, it was same Holy Ghost. Some of you men are already getting uncomfortable right now. Don't look. Don't look. Don't look. God help you with just getting started. See, women of God, you have been created for war. You may have got your eyes from your daddy. You may have got your nose from your mama. But you got your Azar from God. God formed you. Your heavenly Father put Azar in you. See, we see in Genesis chapter 2, humanity now has arrived on the scene of history. Angels have pulled back the curtain of eternity, and God has formed man and breathed his very life into him. And now Adam is now created in the exact image of God. And then God placed him in time to to take back, everybody say "Take take back, to take back the planet from Satan and all his fallen imps. God determined that for Adam to operate at an optimum capacity without someone to help him Would be difficult. As I mentioned up to this point, everything that God had declared was good. But as he looked at Adam in his solitude, in his solidarity, he realized that it was not good for man to be alone to battle the realms of darkness. So God, in his infinite mercy and wisdom, made him an Azar, so that together they could dismantle and defeat the devils and take dominion in the earth. Oh, he could have created another man, but he didn't. Somebody say, thank God, man of God. But he created a woman, someone who is distinctly different, but just alike. God is always confounding sometimes in his very nature in the way that he works. But when you understand this word azar, and really he, he, he said he, he, he uh, made him a helper or an azar who is comparable to him. This is interesting because there's two Hebrew words. is azar and keneldo, or kenegdo, which means comparable or corresponding. So it simply means that women, women are no better than men, but women are no less than men. They are equal and uniquely created. It literally means that when they come together, it is a perfect fit. Same but different. It's, it's like your hands. Look at your hands. You got a you got a right hand and you got a left hand. They both made out of bones, flesh, nerves, tendons, muscles. They're the same. But they're different. Matter of fact, they're like opposite. Because one is right and one is left. If you take the left hand and lay it on top of the right hand, it's opposite. But yet, when the hands work together, it can accomplish more. Matter of fact, you you can get, believe me, somebody that has a prosthetic understands this analogy. You can do things easier with two hands, then you can one. So when God looked at Adam, and he, he was powerfully and wonderfully made, breathed, God breathed his life, his every DNA inside of Adam, then when he saw that he, that he could not, all that was created was good, but there was nothing comparable to him. So we know the story. Put him to sleep, went in and grabbed his rib out, brought his rib out, and created woman. And then brought her to Adam and said, Here, she's yours. What's her name? Woman. She don't look like no cow. She don't look like no giraffe. She looks like a woman. And David got prophetic and said, she is wonderfully made. I come to set some men free today. I don't have to preach this because we know this in this house, but I'm going to preach it anyway. Because I like preaching it because I like making religion mad. And so God brings her to him. He said, this is Azar. She's here to help you. I don't need no help. God said, oh, yeah, you need some help, son. And this is your helper. This is your Azar. This is your warrior. This is the one I'm giving you, and she is full of strength and power. Just like I've given you dominion, I've given her dominion. You see, when God began to work all this out, and even though man and woman are distinctly different, and they're supposed to be, but they both powerfully carry the image of God. This word Azar also indicates that when a man and a woman or a husband and a wife come together, they have been created to be allies, not enemies. God did not create hostility between males and females. That's demonic. So God made him an Azar. God's intention for husbands and wives and men and women were that they would be able to do life together and do it well. You see, what we, what we have failed to understand, that we who are under the new covenant understand the power of the cross and that through the power of the cross, we no longer live under the sway of the fall. I I, I, I want to take my time right here because I want to make sure we get this right. You see, because of the cross, God not only restored us in relationship back to God. He restored relationship between male and female. The whole purpose of the fall was to destroy... A relationship that was released to walk in dominion. Sin brought separation between God, man and woman, and man and woman. And it even stirred hell up greater when God said that woman's seat will crush your head. And so really up to the cross, this world was saturated with male-like dominion. Even Israel, the people of God culturally, were dominated with males. Jesus really enjoyed messing that up. So because of the cross, we no longer live under that curse. We are no longer live under the sway of that fall. But now we have been repositioned to recover what was lost. What is that? Dominion. Dominion. Somebody shout dominion. But what we have failed to understand, even in the church, that there is difference between dominion domination where sin will cause you to try to be dominant over someone but the finished work of the cross empowers you to take dominion in the earth see when you walk in Dominion you walk in the ability to exercise influence on the behalf of other people when you walk in Dominion that means you want to influence people for yourself So there's a difference between dominion and domination. When a culture is saturated in in male domination, it weakens the culture. When you begin to blur the lines of male and female, when you begin to blur the lines it begins to cause culture to release a spirit of domination. It makes one male or female feel like they should have authority over the other. You see, when men are trying to oppress women, and women are trying to manipulate men, that's called dominion. Or domination see great power or should I say like this we don't get power by reducing or seducing one another I can't get no help up in this church today that's okay I know when I'm pushing on a principality and the thing is it doesn't have to be that way because we all get our power from God we all get the authority to live in dominion from god oh this is really way bigger than a husband and a wife thing in galatians 3:28, paul said there is neither jew or greek there is neither slave or free there is neither male and female but you are all one in christ paul is dealing here with three cultural inequities it's the, same, it's the same now as it was then. It, 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 it is three cultural inequities. It is racism, elitism, or class warfare, or sexism. They, are, they, they, were, they were alive and well when Jesus walked the earth. They were alive and well in the midst of an apostolic revival. They were just as real in the culture. Then Paul shows up as an apostle and begins to say, I got to clean things up. Because you see, what I see in the culture, I'm starting to see in the church and I got to let you know up in the house of God he said there ain't Jew or Greek there ain't slave or free there ain't male or ain't nobody me? what he's saying is "They, they, 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 they ain't black, they ain't white, they ain't red they ain't yellow, they ain't poor they ain't rich he said I come to tell you something right up in this place every man is one and there is not man or woman in Christ one, But at the same time, we understand we are distinctively and wonderfully made. You see, here's the problem. We don't know the answer to these things. Well, we know the answer, but the culture doesn't know the answer. They don't think there's an answer to racism. They don't think there's an answer to elitism. They don't think there's an answer to sexism. So they keep blurring the lines. You know what the answer is? The gospel. Let me stop preaching about women for a minute and talk about the gospel. We have forgotten the power of the gospel. The gospel is still has the power to come in and break down racialized, ethnicalized, Class lines and male and female lines where everybody gets under real equality. See, we know we know there's black, there's red, there's brown, there's yellow, there's white. We know that, because we are distinctively wonderfully made. One no greater than the other. But culture wants you to think that's a problem. It's only a problem if it's not found at the foot of the cross. Let the culture think that, but do not let that in this church. It can be in culture, but it can't be in the church. Okay, it can be in culture, but it can't be in the church. He just told me to say it again. Now, let me just, let me just deal with this because it's just like Satan to come up with an end-time strategy to cause gender confusion. I was watching a video I was trying to find it again, but I couldn't find it. It was a video, and it had what we would call in the body of Christ today some of the most influential pastors in the charismatic, Pentecostal movement. And they were asked a simple question. The simple question was, is how God going to deal with homosexuality? One meandered around a maze of stupidness. The other made the statement, well, I'm, I'm evolving and I continue to evolve on my stance. And then both of them kind of came to this, it's complicated. It's complicated. Have you ever noticed when someone talks about adultery, they just talk about adultery? Have you ever noticed when someone talks about fornication, they just talk about fornication? But when they talk about homosexuality, they spend the first third of their message apologizing that they have to deal with this. I got to get a little better help than that. What is it? What is it that causes us pastors to cower? Because we'll talk day and night about fornication and adultery, but we don't want to touch homosexuality. Like it's a hot topic. It ain't a hot topic. Fornication, sex outside of marriage is sin. Adultery, sex with somebody besides your partner is sin. Homosexuality, a male having sex with a male or a female having sex with a female, sin. Don't try to blur the lines. It's not complicated. I know I'm a simple man, but it's pretty simple. Simple math. Gender confusion. It's real. And the science community even said we don't know why people are are genderly confused. We don't understand why, they, why a man feels like he should be a woman and a woman feels like she should be a We don't know why they feel that way. I know. It's called demons. It's called being delusional. It's called being deceived. It's called being stupid. To think there's more than two genders is stupid. The Bible says that, 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 they, they would, they, that, that they would profess being wise, though they are becoming stupid. Okay, fools. Look, this is a serious thing. And while, I, while we're here as, as moms and dads and grandparents, aunts and uncles, We've got to make sure. There's a reason they want our kids four more years. It ain't because they think they're not smart enough. It's because they want four more years to indoctrinate them, to make them think that they are confused about who they are and who God has made them, and it's okay. It's not okay. And if you're a real mama and a real daddy, you're going to lay hands on your kid and you're going to make sure the power of the age and their foolishness is broken off their minds. Is this too much for some of y'all? Somebody's got to get up here and say it. I read something that said, these these crazy people professing to be wise, but they have become fools, educated but stupid. said, there is no limit to gender. What do you mean there's no? You never know, you may wake up one day and just, I ain't only a male, I'm a male giraffe. Now that sounds stupid, right? There are people that actually really believe that and said, you need to let them be a giraffe. They're not even trying to hide it anymore. They're not even trying to act like, you know, don't watch what we're doing over here. You know why? Because the church, the church has shut their mouth because preachers are getting on TV and say, well, it's complicated. No, you need to stop being woke and start being awakened to the reality of what's going on in our nation. God intended for the family to be the strongest entity in the earth. God intends for male and female to get married and have kids and procreate and take dominion. Period. It's complicated. I'm evolving. My God. This book hasn't changed in thousands of years, and it's not changing today. Where am I? So this twisting. This twisting. It mars the image and the likeness of God in the earth. It is supposed to be seen in its greatest form between husbands and wives and family. He's a father. So when we begin to twist God's Intention between men and women, the enemy's idea. So where did it come from? It came from hell. Because he knows God will not anoint perversion. He only anoints authenticity. Authenticity means origin or original intent. Go back to Genesis 2. Origin and original intent. So he's binding a culture. Blinding a culture. Now let us go to our text. There is a woman. There is a woman. I know I don't have to say this. We know this in this house. But for those that are watching, those that are locked up under religion and bad theology, throughout the Bible and church history, God has used women in powerful ways. There was a woman. We know all the wonderful patriarchs and the God used throughout the Old Testament. We know the Ruths, the Sarahs, the Rachels, the Deborahs. Women that were used to move God's plan forward. If you know your New Testament, which many don't, then you know that there were many who were prophetesses, apostles, pastors, God has always used women powerful ways almost if not every but for sure almost to my knowledge every modern day revival began with the cry of a woman One of the most powerful that we know about around here because because prophetically it's been spoken that there would be an Azusa-type movement come through this house. That many times it is the apostle, William Seymour. He gets the credit. But in reality, before William Seymour even knew there was such thing, as a baptism of the Holy Spirit. There was a woman, and you have to f- forgive me, I forgot her name, but there was a woman who had experienced through Parham's ministry the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Built a relationship with William Seymour and began to talk to him about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and begin to explain the ways of the Spirit deeper to him to the point that he began to hunger. He began to cry out for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the God moved William Seymour through a woman who had ministered to him in Houston, Texas, all the way to LA, to a ministry opportunity that came from a woman pastor. Literally gave him her church. He preached. And he preached on Acts 2. And they kicked him out. Locked the door. Till he finally found some hungry people. Who all got together in a room and began to cry out to God. Asking God to pour out his spirit upon them. Not knowing when the spirit came to them. It would open a portal of a nation and of a globe. William Seymour gets the credit. But if it had not been for that woman that had been baptized in the holy spirit before see some people don't even understand church some people think william seymour was the first guy to get filled with the holy ghost since the apostles so please stay with me the holy spirit has never stopped moving in the earth he's always had a remnant he's always had a people but you'll see it over and over again women and women nobody knows their name nobody put them in the big story It was a politically and Pentecostal correct. There was a woman. Everybody shout a woman. Jesus walks into the synagogue on the Sabbath. Filled with men and women. And as he walks into the room, he sees a woman. The Bible says he saw her. This is important because, you see, when he looked at this woman, you got to understand Jesus has the capacity to, when he sees someone, he sees beyond their condition. Into their position. See, he didn't, he didn't see a bent, broken, bound woman. When he looked at that woman, he saw Azar. He saw a warrior that needed to be loosed. He saw a warrior that had been bent over for 17 years or 18 years and religion didn't have enough authority and religion didn't have enough power and religion didn't have enough ability to see beyond her condition and see her position. You see, you have to understand after living 18 years under the weight of a spirit, a spirit of infirmity, a spirit of weakness, it's going to take something out of you. She, she was in that room every Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. By now she was physically disabled, emotionally drained, and spiritually depleted. But when Jesus showed up he began to. he saw her in her condition, but he began to speak to her position. I want you to get a hold of this. When he called her, or when he looked at her, who he saw was the daughter of Abraham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, he he says she's the daughter of Abraham. Who is Abraham? Abraham is the father of faith. You see, this Azar was still in the midst of everything else, still had faith alive on the inside of her. After 18 years, she had not given up. When those around her saw her, they may have assumed she's given up. She's given in. She's just accepted this as the lot of her life. Her husband doesn't want anything to do with her. Her children stay far from her. But yet she shows up in the house of God, in the face of religion, and comes hoping one day that God's going to touch her broken wounded, heavy body, ah, but this day Jesus shows up and he don't see the Pharisees. And he doesn't see the men. He walks right in and he saw a woman. He saw faith. See, faith looks the same. Whether it's in a woman or a man. She kept her faith alive, or maybe her faith kept her alive. This daughter of Abraham had faith to fight for a promise. After 18 years, she still shows up, and Jesus spoke to her. Woman! Or maybe he just said woman. We're Pentecostal, so we shout it. (laughs) Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. 18 years. You're loosed from your infirmity. You know what's powerful about that statement? This word, be loosed, means away from. She was loosed away from. She was loosed then. And she stayed loose. The woman and her weakness was separated. He touched her. He spoke to her. What did he speak to her? He spoke strength to her. Woman. You're loosed. I have to tell you this morning, you can choose to listen to the lies of the enemy rather than the truth of God. When we do this, we become weakened. He said, woman, you are straight. She's bowed over, been over 18 years, not 18 months, not 18 weeks, not 18 days. Eighteen years, she showed up, and Jesus saw her, and she was weak. But He came to separate her from her weakness. <laughs> okay, I hear it in my spirit. I hear the religions, the religious misogynists already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear them. I hear the religious misogynists quoting to me out of First Peter chapter three verse seven: Husbands. Likewise, watch this, Twelve, with them with understanding, giving honor to, your, to the wife as the weaker vessel and being heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers may not be hindered. Powerful verse, unless you're a religious misogynist, then you run around saying women are weak. Well, you haven't even read the verse yet. Number one, he doesn't talk about women. He talks about wives. It's for some of you who think you have authority over women. He didn't say women. He said wives. You try to take authority over somebody, they your wife, you're out of order. Matter of fact, they ought to take their purse and just knock you in the head. Because if you ain't going to marry them, you have no right telling them anything. For y'all that are struggling with this, just hang on. I'm going somewhere. Have have you heard that in church? Men should have authority over women. That's not what it said. Number two, it doesn't say they're weak. It says they're as, as the weaker vessel. didn't say they are the weaker vessel. Read your Bible sometime. Quit reading it like you want it to say. he's not saying that women are inferior he's saying they are heirs okay let me break it down it's it's, it's no surprise that that the favorite favorite verse is turned uh uh, uh, to to be an arsenal of the religious that want to dominate and control women because they're weak they're weak and they go around and say, "Woman is the weaker vessel. She created the weaker vessel. She's the weaker vessel." Know your Bible. This says we are to be they are to be given honor. The term of value or worth it means value, worth or respect, honor. When he uses the terminology, they are as to the weaker vessel. It's a metaphor. It means he's using a metaphor, a figure, a speech, a simile. Like in Matthew 10, 16, when Jesus was teaching, he said, Behold, I send out sheep in the midst of wolves. Watch I send out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore, be wise as serpents and be harmless as doves. He didn't say he's sending us out like a sheep. Or as a sheep, he's sending us out, or excuse me, what what he's telling us, we're not sheep, we're not serpents, and we're not doves. It's a metaphor. Same verbiage here when he talks about a vessel. It's a metaphor. It's actually a term, a pottery term. See, we tend to think weakness is in terms of inferiority. But what it means here is they should be cared for. They should be respected. They should be put in a special place of honor so that they can be admired. And you're going to make sure that nobody mishandles the pottery because you don't want it to get broken. You should honor it. Means they're heirs together. That's what he says. What does that mean? It doesn't mean that they need our covering or authority to stand before God. Like, really? We stand shoulder to shoulder, husband and wife. We stand equal recipients of God's grace. We're all adopted, same spirit, same inheritance. This is important for the men of God to get because he addresses us in this text and he tells us that God is not going to hear our prayers if we mistreat our wives, don't look at me like that. I didn't write the Bible, I just preached the Bible. Oh, she was weak, but Jesus came to separate her from her weakness. And then the Bible says, the last thing, and I'm closing, and I know some of you are so thankful this morning, but he laid his hands on her. And when he laid his hands on her, he broke the power of weakness off her, and he loosed the azar within her. You see, he didn't just lose her from something. He loosed her to something. I have come today to let you know the enemy is doing his best to destroy women from the image of God. He's doing his best to destroy men who are in the very image of God. He's doing so that he can really bring us to a place of weakness because our greater strength is when we can walk together, pray together, preach together, believe together, raise our kids together. God wants the man and a woman to be together and when they are there is no greater power in the earth get up on your feet and shout yes Jesus took the offensive and Jesus broke the power of weakness see weakness is the inability to produce results She had ability, but she couldn't activate the ability. Too long under the weight of weakness. But when Jesus showed up, Azar put his hands on Azar. Strength and power was released. And she straightened up. Just straighten right up. Religious people are already mad. Read the text. Ain't got time to go there. They were already mad because he bypassed the men and went up to a woman. Put his hands on her. Come on, men of God. Do you know, man of God? You, have, you actually have Azar in you. Because it's the DNA of God. None of us were meant to fight this thing. Oh, no, I can hear those that are saying, wait a minute, pastor, I'm single. I haven't been married yet. I'm single. I'm single. Does that mean? No, look at me. Look at me. You just got Azar in you. You said, but I got to have somebody that, you know, that, that, that completes me. No, that's not what the Bible says. They said, you need someone who's comparable. Someone that fits with the call of God on your life. So until, if, I'm not going to make that like the apex of all things, but if. And when you find that man and you find that woman because until then you got all god has. you got azar in heaven azar in you you got what it takes to do what you got to do to take care of what you got to take care of to become who you've got to become you don't need a man to help you be that you don't need a woman to help you be that until you find the right one and then when you find the right one you don't want to live without that one because you need what they have and they need what you have some people say aren't you aren't you worried about pastor kim preaching better than you aren't you worried about her book and she's gonna make more money than you i'm saying bless that lord Some of y'all need to make sure you find somebody that has good discernment my wife has excellent discernment look who she married and we give all the glory to god sometimes you just got to tell the truth to shame the devil i have come on an assignment this morning The assignment is to loose Azar. When I began this journey, I thought I'll just loose Azar in the women, And I have taught on Azar before, but I had never thought about the fact that men have the same DNA. There's an Azar in you, men of God. We are born with the same strength and power though you may chase a thousand when you stand with your God give it Azar you will chase ten thousand as long as a man and a wife stand together there's no devil in hell that can take their children one may be weak one day one may be strong the next It doesn't matter as long as you stand together. Like I said, if you ain't got a man to stand with you and a woman to stand with you, God stands with you. We are not a defeated people. We are on this earth and we need to take dominion over the works of the enemy and push back the powers of darkness and let it know you cannot have my marriage. You cannot have my children. but maybe you don't feel that way today maybe you feel that this this wonderful woman which we tend to think that she was all alone but there's no reason to think she was all alone her husband could have been there their children could have been there we don't know but it's tend to think because as you spoke to her she was all alone bent over broken under the weight of weakness maybe that day when god spoke to the azar and her and raised her up her husband got up her kids got up and they began to glorify god she stood up straight and began to glorify god She been oh yeah yeah I can see that now I see a little Pentecostal dance right now. I see all the religious people going, what are you Jesus? You did this on the Sabbath and Jesus said, get out of my way. But somebody make some room. This woman's getting ready to give me some glory. So I don't know what you're going through, ma'am. I don't know what you're going through, sir. I don't know where your marriage is at. I don't know where your children are at. I don't know what the atmosphere is like in your home. But I have come to lose Azar. And I have come to tell the devil he needs to back off and back out. And today's your day of victory. Today is your day of dominion. Today is your day. Revival is coming to your house. If you're ready this morning to be loosed for the Azar in you to be loosed, I could, I could pray that everything would be okay. I could pray that everything would be happy and clappy in your home. But I would rather pray your eyes are awake. I would rather pray, pray you to a place that you can walk up in there and take dominion. Because when you can take dominion today, you can take dominion tomorrow and you can take dominion the next day. And whatever life throws at your marriage and at your family, you can take dominion. So if you're ready, if you're ready, for Azar to be least. The strength and the power and the might of God. Inside of you. I want you to run to the front of this building right now. Because God's getting ready. The plans of the enemy are getting ready to be pushed back. I feel in my spirit. That there has been a weight for many of you, has been a weight placed on your marriage. In other words, your marriage is under stress. Some of you are here because your children are all crazy right now. And you know that they know that they know better. You know they know. They're living under weakness but today azar you're getting ready to separate them from their weakness from the weight 18 years it's a long time 18 years and then just stand up straight in a moment that's a long time looser. He already told her she was loose. He put his hand on her to impart strength. Some of y'all getting ready to get strength. The power and the strength is in you. It's getting ready to rise up and live. I want you to throw your hands up And I just want to say over you what Jesus said to her. Be loosed. Thank you for listening in to the Fresh Start Church podcast, where we exist to influence a nation with revival. You can order Pastor Kim's book, Doorkeepers of Revival, at doorkeepersofrevival.com. And you can listen to Fresh Start Revival Worship on Apple Music, Spotify, or wherever you stream your music. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time.